Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Time Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we're coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta, episode 46, Vibration. With us this week we have Scotty P. This is some big, important, climactic episode in the series, and it's named after the thing that makes Chara soon act like a freak when she pilots a mobile suit. And Luke? I mean, that's relevant in this episode, at least. It it is. I, you know, I, I saw the episode title and I was, it, I was I, like, man, what an inappropriate episode title for the next I, last episode I of Double Zeta. I genuinely thought, I genuinely thought that it was just a filler episode. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I just, I didn't think it was, I'm going to be like, it's the second to last episode. It's going to be filler. Watch. Just nah, nah, you know, her out in space with with her suit vibrating. <laughs> one one thing I can say that's pretty consistent in Gundam shows is if you take the last episode and usually at least the one before, if not the two, two, three, maybe four before, it's almost always just a ton of stuff going down at the end, every, just, like every know. series. I only thought that because of the name, because generally when they have uh, something like really major happen, they kind of spoil it in the, in the title and they didn't do that this time. Shara comes. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this episode could be like three episodes very easily. Like there's, I mean, it could be more, but like easily three episodes. I, I have a note later on. I won't tell you what it is, but I have an, I have like, it's like, uh, I wrote like a paragraph and I do like bulleted notes and I had like a whole paragraph on one bullet and I, and I wrote, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Holy shit. That was 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sent you guys a message. I was like, I think I spent an hour on this 20 minute show. Like, and that was it. Watch, so it, rewind, rewind, watch, rewind, rewind. It, it usually takes me an hour to go through an episode. And so this one, I think, was around an hour and a half. Yeah. Something like that. That's because of the pause button. I, yeah. I, I definitely, this was definitely a, uh, I stopped this at one point and I'm like, they spent like four separate episodes covering Moon Moon people. And this episode, and the, and more happened in 15 seconds of this episode than happened in those four episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, as we'll see in bits of this episode, uh, series planning is not the strong point of early Universal Century Gundam. I mean, it's, is it it's early like at the point? Episode 46, like 45. And then someone's like, all right, we got two episodes left. What are we doing? And then Tamino's like, wait, wait, it's not 50? <laughs> and he was also no, like, well, he, he was also oh. like, all right, 48, 49, 50. I'll just turn it into a movie. <laughs> and, this is the same guy that thought he was going to get almost 100 episodes for turn A. Well, so. He also got, what, seven movies out of uh, Rikangista? Five. That's fine. Okay. It's just you know the what? entire series recut and redone. That's but yeah. I, I heard like the newer one of the newer ones is like majority new content. 
four and five just came out as we record this. I say just relatively just came out. Yeah. And so they are not available through means where we can get to them in the West right now that I know of at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not tracking anyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely not on the high seas and not on Amazon Japan or wherever. They did not put these out like the instant Blu-ray at the theater thing like they did for uh, Hathaway and Doan's Island. So I have no idea. Yeah, anything is just hearsay on those. I have the third one. I haven't watched it. I watched the first two and they're pretty close to the show. Uh, just they've got, you know, they redid a lot of cells and footage and scenes and stuff. So right. I'm not even going to blame him for thinking he was going to have a hundred episodes because do you know what show, do you know what, do you know how long Pokemon's been running? 1200 episodes, 1200 episodes. I, I don't I blame think, the man for thinking he could get a hundred. I think Ash is about to find the one piece. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So more episodes than one piece. <laughs> and Naruto combined. Really? How many does One Piece have? I think like 750. No, no, because so that comes up on Crunchyroll all the time. Like, hey, you should watch this. And Candace this weekend was it's my wife goes, is that any good? And I was like, well, I've heard it's good. But and then I clicked on it. And I started scrolling down the list of episodes. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, for one, it just doesn't stop. It seems like because of the way they organize everything really terribly. But. I mean, it's eleven hundred something for One Piece now. But to be fair, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it was all. I, I'm looking right now, and the most recent episode was episode one thousand twenty nine. So Pokemon's got to beat, but not by much. About a hundred. Naruto was only five hundred some odd episodes, I think. Well, it's. I, I think it was more than that because um, they split Naruto into two series. After, like, are you counting Boruto? No, well, I mean, you could, but no, they they did Naruto and then they did Naruto Shippuden. Shippuden, is that does that count as a separate series though? Uh, it's the same manga. Because they, they just split it at the time jump, essentially. The original Naruto is two hundred and twenty episodes, and then uh, Origins is two hundred and twenty. But I don't know if that's a different. Show. I don't know what Origins is. I think that's a recut of the original show. I don't know what Shippuden. Like lengthwise, that's not why we're here tonight. I'm sorry, I derail. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. This is not like this is going to be a long episode, anyways. All right. Well, while Luke is looking up what how many episodes Shippuden is, we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up in Double Zeta Gundam right yeah. where we left off at the end of episode 45. I mean, right at the yeah. end. Yeah, just yeah, picking so- right up. Yeah, so Shara is is looking at the uh, new type core, and she's like, "Whoa, that's that's intimidating." Um, and her her uh, minions are like, "Let's get the hell out of here because the fleet's shorthanded, and like, we're not, we don't want to fight these guys anyway. They're crazy." But have you ever known Shara to back down from a mobile suit fight? Nah, she's gonna she's gonna go at it. Um. Pull two gives some orders to the to these other gray suits that look like Queen Mantha's. I don't know if they are on paper, but they're gray versions of her. Suit. Oh, Lane, dude, they're mass production cubales. Oh, which are not Queen Mantha's. They're not. No, the Queen the Queen Mantha was. Uh, I think we I think we talked about this last time because uh, pull two. I keep saying play. Uh, pull two is in the Queen Mansa, and then all of the clones. That's how they differentiate them: is that they're they're 
great cubelase. They're gray because when you're a clone, you don't get you don't get color. So we don't know that at this point they haven't really specifically said that they were cloned yet. Well, when she gives them the orders asking if they're ready, you do get a little shot inside yes. one of them. Yes. One of them answers in the affirmative, and that's where you can see that it's being piloted by a pull clone. Yeah, and yep. you all, excuse me. Uh, they all presumably are because if you remember the earlier scenes, like when pull two is first woken up, there are several pods. Yes. And it's, you know, if, if you can't pick up on that, they're all piloted by pull clones. I don't know what to tell you. I thought we got like a, I thought we got like a shot of it, like showing all of the cubelays at the end of the last episode. Yes. And yeah. I thought it like cut in and we could see that it was pull like pull clones. I thought, Maybe I'm crazy. I don't remember them show? I think the only they only showed one pull in one of the suits, right? Very, but very the rare. implication is that all yeah. of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So pull attacks with her funnels, but um, Shara launches uh, her suits back large missile thingies, which are kind of like giant funnels. They literally are giant funnels. Uh, there we go. I have I have guessed the name. Uh. So yeah, they're giant funnels and. Um, they take out a bunch of pulls, but not all of them. Um, Shar is told by, that Haman is ordering a retreat after they're going at it for a while. Um, and Judo shows up right when she's being told that too, and is like, uh, yeah, you don't want to get too close. This is, this is dicey. Um, and they finally convince Shara and the rest of the Gundam team to to pull back a little bit. Um, back on the moon, this first time we've seen Bright in probably what like ten episodes. A good while, yeah. Now we we do hear it's interesting because when you first cut over to Granada, you actually get a musical cue from some of the scoring here as these ships are taking off and it's the music that you, it's like this overture. We haven't really heard a lot since Zeta. So that's your cue that this is the AU fleet finally doing something. Um, But then, yeah, we cut to bright who's he's in an elevator and he's walking in like the sunlight. I'm sure there's like some symbolism with him walking out of that elevator and just being like bathed in, in, in light. Uh, but I don't know what it is. Um, I'm sure we we saw like a goose or something flying around, and like, we'll see. Um, anyway, so he uh, meets Lena, and he makes sure he says the word Lena Ashta, just in case we've forgotten who she is. After I think all, you of- make it extremely, extremely clear that that was the same Lena. <laughs> <laughs> this is not I a clue. Not a, a figment of your imagination. This is actually Lena. I know we've had a bunch of like young girls that look very similar to Lena, and we've hinted that she's alive. Hey, you remember fifteen episodes ago when uh, when when Judo was going crazy and everyone was like, "Well, he's finally lost." He didn't. He was right. <laughs> and by the way, it's five hundred episodes for Naruto Shippuden. Exactly five hundred. There we go. Um, so like seven hundred total. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Salem Moss is there too. Uh, we last time we saw her, she was with Lena on a beach in Dakar, I think it was. Um, yeah. So 
they reminisce for a little bit and uh Sayla says you know there's not much i can do as an investor on earth but uh bright here's a here's a video from your family and he goes oh okay thanks really needed this i don't think he knows emery's dead yet so probably like embarrassed <laughs> my family um so they do know how fucked up things are at side three though. So maybe he does know Emery's dead and maybe he is going to plan on seeing his family soon. Um, but yeah, Bright says he is heading to side three. Um, and they, they talk about Char a little bit here. Um, they, they, and this is really where they're teeing up for Char's counterattack. Um, you know, this, this whole scene is basically an ad for, Hey, go watch Char's counterattack when it's in the movie theaters. They they definitely it was like a good I don't know maybe minute thirty seconds to a minute of hey we have a movie coming out please be prepared to watch the movie yeah let's let's talk about it first uh, and then I have things yeah, yeah so uh, okay so um, Bright makes a comment that he knows Char is alive um, and he is thinking up something. Uh, but they haven't had any chance to go look for Char yet. Because I guess, I mean... Well, take it take it a step further back, even. Because Lena, Lena he's like, oh, Lena, you're, you're, you're right, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, hey, this woman helped me. And then it's like cut to Sayla. And we're like, why is Sayla here? We saw her last time. There's not really any good reason that she's here. Except she's like, oh, right. You know, he's, he's like, oh, hey, I know Sayla. You know, she's like, the war's going crazy. He's like, I know there's a lot of kids fighting. Uh, these days, just like what you had to go through. Um, and then she's like, speaking of which, have you heard from my brother? <laughs> and, and it's yeah. like, what? Uh, and he was like, nope, but I know he's around plotting. Yeah. Well, he, he says, at least in the subtitles on the official Blu-ray, he says that he hasn't sensed his will in this war. Yeah. So somehow he knows that he survived being blown all to hell at the end of Zeta somehow, I guess new type shit. He would have well, said, I mean, it if and, he was, this is the first indication we've actually had of that in the show. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently everybody knows it except for us now. Um, but yeah, so Sayla says that uh, she believes Shar is waiting for the right era to make his move. Um, and Sayla doesn't want him to take actions to further new types. Uh, basically, like she, they they all like Bright makes a comment saying like, "Oh, you know, we're going to usher in the world of or the era of new types." And Sayla's like, "Now nah, that'd be bad. I'd rather him die." Um, well, so what Bright is worried about, he says he's worried about Char being like waiting to take some action that will make new types more than an idea. And that's to, it's to that, that sailor replies. He, I, I would hope he does not and would rather that he be dead instead. So, so what do you think he means by that more than just an idea? Well, he thinks that if Char decides to try to make the world a place that is a world for new types, he knows Char at this point from their interactions in Zeta and them working together for a while. And he knows he'll go about it in some kind of wrong way. Right. Bright has a strong new type intuition. 
that isn't on the level of I can go pilot mobile suits and predict what's going to happen and things like that. But his is on a very like um, uh, interpersonal like level of communication and, and sort of knowing people, knowing people's souls, if you will, that's a cheesy way to put it, but you know, that that's like where Bright's new type strength or persona lies. And so he just knows that, Hey, if, if Char were to come back and be like, Oh, let's make the earth sphere a great place for new types. He would somehow find the worst possible way to attempt that. We'll make the earth sphere the best way by just killing everybody. Um, and yeah. And, and then Salem makes a comment that says that, that Char is ambitious and delusional, but he is following the cosmic will. Um, and, and really this that, this kind of caps off a lot of their conversation it's but yeah this is this is a scene where I think they're hey they probably had an ad for the movie theater of uh, version of of Char's counterattack right after this this break to commercial well it's not at the break to commercial I know I know um, like in a few minutes though it it runs for a minute and 39 seconds. That is in a 47 episode series. This is what I was talking about with series planning. You have 47 episodes that are 22 minutes long each, not counting the intros and outros, or maybe that does. It doesn't matter. You have a minute 39 of foreshadowing for the next, for the the movie, for the chapter that comes next in the wider story. You give it a minute 39 and a minute 39 that has this wondering what the hell they are even thinking or talking about because it's out of nowhere. Yep. <sighs> Just. Yeah. You, you think it could have been sprinkled in a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe show Char on the moon somewhere drinking a beer with some like old Axis boys or something. <laughs> uh, right. Something, you know, in some other way, you know, in Zeta that he can't really be dead because everyone doesn't have their, well, for one, they don't play the music that plays in Zeta when characters die, but also not everyone is like, well, my new type senses are tingling. Like they don't do that. So, you you know, but you don't know, no, for all you know, he was just mangled and floated out in space and nobody noticed, which is not literally what happened, but. And honestly, you you spend a good chunk of Double Zeta expecting him to show up at any point in time. He's referenced by people. Everybody knows him in the show, except for like Judo and the Shangri La crew. But like, if if I had gone back and not known about Charles Connick ahead of time, I would have been I would have been really surprised that he didn't show up at multiple points throughout this, or that he wasn't the one pulling the strings the whole time. You know. Yeah, I think Double Zeta's greatest weakness as a piece of the wider meta series is caused by the Shars Counterattack movie existing. Because it takes out so much of the connective tissue from Mobile Suit Gundam into Zeta Gundam, which is your Shar and Amuro conflict, interaction, alliance 
whatever you want to call it, that story, the story of those two. And Char himself is arguably the main character of Universal Century Gundam. I think if you stretch things out to include modern works, he is, or at least is on equal footing with Amaro. I think if you were to ask the powers that be at sunrise, they would say so. Now that's because he's a marketing juggernaut for them, right? But sure. If you look at it that way, and this show is very devoid of them. And I think that's where some of the, oh, you can skip this show comes from. Um, which sucks. It didn't have to be this way. It was this way because of various reasons. And I'm sure some of the creative personnel were frustrated with some of it. I'm sure they wanted to do some of these things. And if you look at the early drafts, they're certainly both in the series in a big way. And then they just are punted to later. They're deferred, if you will. And I think the series only within the context of it being in the larger meta series of Gundam and the universal century suffers a little bit for it, that it, it, it feels needless. Like it's, it, well, not only that, I think, uh, and we'll talk about it probably more later, but um, how they, they portray judo, even in this episode and them and him piecing out at the end of the series and not being involved with Char's counterattack or anything afterwards, except for in like some side manga stuff, like, it's not consistent at all with what you would expect him, how, how you would expect him to react based off of his motivations that he finds in this episode. Yeah. And he's designed as such a, his whole character arc is such a great foil for both Shar and Amuro. Like he's, he is both of their ideals that they are not. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't make the mistakes that they do. And then he ends up having nothing to do with them. Yeah. Nothing to do with any of the earth sphere or anything. All right. Um, so we are done with that scene. The, the Shars counterattack ad. <laughs> that was the one that I said, it's, it's really infuriating to me in hindsight that like, that's all it gets. That was the one I teased at the end of the last episode. Like it deserved more. Yeah. Deserved more. Um, so Pole 2 is starting to go crazy and thinks that someone is in her head. Um, Glimmy orders the new type core to move further towards the front line um, and at the same time orders Musa to be detached from Axis. So um, we, we've mentioned Musa before. Musa is the residential block uh, asteroid thing that is attached to uh, Axis proper. Um I think it was detached at the end of Zeta at one point, and I guess they reattached it. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, Glimmy decides he is going to throw the residential block at core three. Um, and that is the word used throw it at Haman's forces. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, and, and the reason he's doing this is because he basically wants to take out a bunch of Haman's forces. So, like, Glimmy has fewer troops than Haman at this point. Um, so he wants to kind of level the playing field. So basically throw the asteroid like a fat, uh, like a bowling ball through, you know, down, down the lane, knock down a bunch of pins, and then he can come in with his new type core uh, and fight on a more even playing field because he knows he can't win a battle just straight up attrition with her. Um, so Judo is going to 
decides that he wants to just take on the new type four by himself. He's like, I'll, I'll handle this. Even though, you know, he's got people yelling at him, Hey, your suit's not fully restocked yet. Um, and we see Beecha getting all up in arms that the AUG fleet um, still isn't anywhere nearby. Um, so we go to Judo getting toward getting to the Double Zeta, and it, it he he learns that it has been stocked with some detachable missile pods that make it slower while attached. So he complains about how slow it's going to be, but um, you know, uh, was it Astonage basically like? No, it's fine. Just shoot off the missiles and then, like, he said, jet- he said he could jettison them as a distraction after yeah. the missiles. Yeah, I mean, think of it like the uh, like the full armor stuff that that they have in Thunderbolt, where like it just fires a whole bunch of shit and they can just detach it and fly away. Is like the general idea, I think. Um, well, this is the this is technically the full armor Z- double Zeta Gundam. Yeah, when it has all this extra equipment. And we don't really get a good view of it that much. Like ev- everything we see of it is like very fleeting. Well, the funny part here, you see it in the hangar. He has this conversation with Astonage. He takes off and in the scene showing it taking off and flying away, they forgot to put the armor on it. I noticed that. Uh, I mean, you see, you do see clips of him in it. It's again, it's not. You see it later. It's just, they're like, okay, he's got it. He's in the hangar. He takes off. And as it flies off, it ain't there. It's back the very next time you see it. Yeah. Um, so Haman is pissed that Glimmy is throwing the Musa at her. Um, she says, makes a comment that it's supposed to be a symbol of Neo Zeon. Um, as, and he, she's like, why is he using the symbol of Neo Zeon as a shield to protect himself? Essentially, he's dis- he's disgracing Zeon by by using it that way, and, and she's super offended. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they never said if he like evacuated the residential core or not. So I would probably not. And I think that's one of the reasons Haman is pissed because There's like twenty thousand people in there. Well, and you mentioned Zeta. When they detach it in Zeta, Haman has that done to ensure the safety of the people living in there. And then Glemmy is doing the exact opposite of throwing it into the battle instead of making sure it's away from it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, Musa is flies and it does damage a lot of, uh, Haman ships. Um, so he's, he's at least partially successful. Follow up on that a little bit. Um, uh, so Shara, Ni, and Lance run into Pool 2 again, just as uh, Judo shows up and senses someone else with an aura, um, which turns out to be Rakan. Rakan shows up and is about and, and joins this fray. Um, and he he actually corners uh, Shara and is about to murk her when uh, Lance jumps right between them and takes the blast. Um Poor sweet Lance in what appeared to be like a GM or something. Yeah, it was like a shitty suit. It's the guys L. You guys don't remember? Oh guys yeah, L. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even catch what it was when he jumped out. But it's a well, it's it's what he's been in for several episodes. Because yeah. because Lan- Nee has the guys R. They're the Galbaldi like variants. Anyway. Yeah. It well in in the brief like 
eight frame clip you see it looks it does look like a gm um from the back at least from the back it did yeah now now that you mentioned it though i definitely remember it's got those like big like yeah shoulder what is it spike or blade or whatever it's called yeah i remember listen they realized they needed to start taking people out of the show now um so they weren't they weren't spending money on that animation budget (laughs) um Yep, so uh, Nii begs her to retreat, um, and Judo launches his missile pods, like all, like, 50 of his back missile pods at Rakan, um, and it seemingly hits, but doesn't really do much to him. Well, and you also get to see his coding do yeah. stuff that was mentioned in the last episode. Yep. Uh, so he eats some of the... Uh, like palm laser thing yeah from the dovin wolf and rakan's like the hell yeah this happens for 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 a little bit here um because so rakan calls for a pull two but she is still kind of going crazy at the moment um where original pull is telling her not to fuck with judo saying hey can't you tell how good you feel when you're with judo like duh Leave him alone. Yep. He'll kill him. Oh, okay. After this, sorry. After this is yep. where Rakan gets confused yep. because he fires the big particle cannons and they just deflect off yeah. because of the coating. And, and Rakan's like, that's, that's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. So Pull Pull finally gets pissed about all the mental interference going on. Rakan blasts lasers at Judo and like he's hitting them. just not doing much of anything. Um, and uh, judo kind of comes around and he still has three missiles on one of the arm launchers. Um, and he just like basically bing, bang, boom, hits Rakan with each missile. Um, and then he uses his, uh, mega particle cannon to pop off, um, Rakan's head. And then he comes around and cuts uh, Rakan into like four or five. Yeah. Little- I made a note that he did a little cross slash kind of kind of jazz and split him up real good. I, I did make a note though, he must have had really good aim to not immediately destroy Rakan's body by blowing up his head and then going straight down the middle and then straight across the middle. And did not <laughs> manage to actually hit his body. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote down he bisects the Dovin Wolf both vertically and horizontally, which was awesome. Yeah, and then the Rakan, uh, before the suit explodes and kills him, he's like, I can't believe a kid killed me. Um, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for this meddling kid. <laughs> get you next time, Gadget. Um, then Judo goes off and chases after Pull 2. Um, so that's learned- two named characters down. Yep. Well, two? We've got Lance, Lance and okay. yep, yep. Rakan. All right. So Axe's defenses are starting to fail and Haman's forces are charging forward. Um, and the Argama learns that the Gundam team has entered Axis, which we learned they're not actually quite in Axis yet. Well, everybody but Judo. But um, Haman's fleet gathers together and Blusa and is able to kind of throw it off uh, angle. How about the shot at the start of this of the Musa just moving forward, firing its lasers? Yeah. Just a a rock sphere firing lasers. It's like, 
okay. <laughs> All right. It's agricultural and residential asteroid, but I guess Glemmy yeah. gave him some lasers. He had it for a day or two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they blast the Musa and manage to push it away from hitting core three. Um, and Glemmy's like, fuck this. I'm just going to ram core three with Axis. Well, now it mostly misses. It does hit the ring at the outside. I think yeah. that's the agricultural ring or block, yeah. whatever you want to call that. So it does hit that part, but not like a, it's yeah, not I mean, a catastrophic impact. To right, the, right. Yeah. So Haman's fleet, oh, wait, nope, wrong line. Um, yeah, so Glimmy decides to ram Core 3 with Axis. He's like, oh, blasters ahead. We're going to go. We're going to ram it. Um, L and uh, Rue meet up, and L tells Rue that um, Juno went inside. What an idiot. What an idiot. And Rue's like, okay, we should go inside too. And I was like, what? And this is where they break for commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is where the Shars counterattack in movie theaters soon. Ad probably ran. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's, I think that movie was still like 15 months away at this point. Really? So, yeah. I think. It wasn't, I mean, we could talk about it more later, but wasn't Shars counterattack originally not even going to be a Gundam movie? I thought it was like he adapted. I don't, I don't know where you got that from. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it at another point. Um, I yeah. think I, I think you're mixing up things you heard on the internet with other things you heard on the internet. The but, internet. Yeah. We'll get there later. Probably true. Um, all right. So Haman is uh, dispatching a squad to interaxis and try to change its course uh, when she has a new type flash and learns that judo is in access now too. Um Glimmy gets the report that the double Zeta is in access to which his response is, well, how are my guys are doing against it? How, how's there, how are we faring against the Gundam? Bueller. Bueller. And then, and then we get to see the double Zeta blowing up some mobs as it infiltrates. It's, yeah. He's just walking around like killing Glimmy's forces. That's, that's how your forces are doing against, against it. Uh, Glimmy. Um, and then we see uh, Glimmy's mad scientist guy, like uh, Flanagan Institute bro <laughs> or something, uh, reporting that Pull 2 is uh, basically going crazy and heading straight towards Glimmy. Um, does that guy, scientist ever get named? I don't think he does. He's just like mad scientist number B. Yeah, I always just write down scientist guy. He's been in one episode before this, and I don't think he was named, and I don't think he is here either. I don't recall ever hearing it. So, um, yeah. So, Paul shows up and the whole area kind of shakes because she just kind of like walks up in her suit, you know, does that. Um, and the doctor says that, you know, Glemmy's like, what the fuck's going on? Is, is, is this broken? And the doctor's like, oh, no, the Queen Mantha's psychomu is fine. It's just Paul going crazy, not, not the suit. Um, and Pole tells Glimmy um, that that the other Pole, original Pole, is trying to stop her. Um, and this they go on a back and forth for a little bit, where basically Glimmy tells her that the Gundam is causing her her mental interference issues, and if she um, takes out the Gundam, then everything will be fine again. 
um, and all of her shit will stop going crazy. He goes into full on manipulative predator mode here. Oh yeah. It's disturbing to watch, but it's totally something that like you can, you can buy it as legit given everything we've seen so far. And that's, it's sucks, but that it's believable. Yep. Yep. And so he's like, ah, we'll work together. And he just like jumps in the suit with her and she, he's like, sit on my lap, little girl. Um, with our powers combined, we can defeat him. Yeah. It's really creepy. Um, I, I just want to say if putting more people into a Gundam makes the piloting better, how's that work? (laughs) Well, I think 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 in this case, the idea is, um, the suit, Glenn, you can reach the pedals easier. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he was. She was like sitting on his lap. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've driven with with you know a kid sitting in the front seat pretending to steer, and it was not a good experience for me. I, I think <laughs> I the idea, was fun. I think the idea that they have in this, and we see it a little bit later with them in the suit together, is that um, pull is basically the battery for this suit, like. When she is engaged with her new type powers, the suit's stronger. Saikamu generates more laser blast, and Glemmy just basically pilots it while she's acting like a battery. But we'll get there. Uh, Glemmy just wants her to sit on his lap. Stamen pistol, darling in the Franks. Um, Gross. (laughs) B, that's what's happening. Don't don't compare this good mecha episode to that show. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, this is way better. Um, yeah, so uh, Rue shows up and Glimmy is finally going to get his revenge for not getting laid. Uh, and he knows it's Rue. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking kill that girl. Um, and Paul pl- pilots a suit while she's sitting in Glimmy's lap. So she's actually controlling the suit at this point. Um, uh, my my notes here are inappropriate. Um, pull pull launches the funnels, and she's really enjoying launching these funnels while she's sitting on on Glimmy's lap, um, glowing with new type power. Um, yeah, and Ellen Rue fight the funnels, but essentially they both get wrecked like very easily. Like Zeta gets blown up, like disassembled in many ways, and then. Uh, the Mark II with Ellen, it gets shot down pretty quickly as well. Yeah, um, they, uh, the Zeta loses its arm, gets knocked down. Um, the main monitor is taken out, and the and Pull Two has been is in this weird trance at this point. Like the the phrasing Glemmy uses is that he uh, he wants her to stop the enemy that put her in shackles, and so she yeah starts trying to do that. And and after she attacked after the Queen Mansa attacks the Zeta. That's when L flies into the Mark two draws the funnels away. Um, and L does a decent job of kind of trying to use the buildings to outmaneuver and get out of danger. Now that she's saved Rue because the Mark two is pretty out of date at this point, uh, but doesn't really work. Um, and when L gets and mar- gets knocked down, uh, Elle's like wondering where Judo is, and that's when 
you cut to judo. He's like still wandering in the corridors. Like I keep blowing up these dudes. Where are the other dudes? And then he feels L's like cry for help. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yep. L needs help. Now I know where to go. Yep. And, and uh, so the queen Mantha is about to uh, execute L and uh, judo shows up just in time to distract uh, Paul from, from doing that. Here's, so there's a, a note on this little shot, though, when the Queen Mance is walking up on the Mark II, Glemmy is you know, telling Pull Two to destroy the Gundam so she'll feel better. And when he's when you first see Pull Two here, she looks like sweaty and strung out, like she just woke up from I don't know, or yeah. like she's like still in a heroin binge or something. I, I she just looks vacant. Yeah. But then when he talks, she snaps out of whatever that daze is. Yeah. So, um, Pull opens the hatch to confront Judo while Judo's trying to convince her that she's just being a puppet for Glimmy. So they kind of get face to face, open up their hatches and start talking to each other. Um, it's the and same then, argument they've had five or six times previously. Yeah. 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 And Glimmy says, you know, I'm fighting for a cause. What's judo fighting for? He's just some fucking child soldier that's doing what he's told. Um, and judo doesn't really have an argument at first. He's kind of like, uh, well, yeah. Um, but then he hears Camille in his head and Camille's telling him, um, that his anger and frustration is what he's fighting for, which is born from his intuition. And that's what his reason to fight is. So basically he's like, you've got these new type powers, which make you very smart and you need to trust your intuition. And your intuition is telling you to fight for like the good things in, in the universe. And, and that is, that is justification. Um, yeah. So basically, Hey, judo, you're smarter than everybody else. That's what, that's, that's why you're fighting. Yeah. And, and then, then, and then Fa jumps in to help simplify this for judo. Okay. It's really what's going down here. Cause judo is probably still here in Camille and he's like, all right, yeah, I think I should do something. What does it mean? And then Fa jumps in and just says, Hey, nobody ordered Camille to fight, but he thought that he should save the world. And he's like, Oh, kind of gets it. And then Lena, like the, the, the spirit ghost new type, thoughts whatever jumps in says that his feel judo your feelings are honest and then you have the pole ghost jump in and just says i'm lp pole <laughs> listen dying. i i i romanticize this a little bit better i said judo has a montage of women telling him what to do <laughs> <laughs> So and, I, and I really had, like this is this is like the end of doubles or Zeta where like like Camille's getting all the women like getting ready to like you know allow him to do a kamehameha with like against Sirako. It's the same thing, right? So I wrote Judo has a vision of Camille and gets inspired, and then also all the girls he wanted to bang. That's what I've written. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. They all had at least it seemed something significant to say. And then you have Paul show up just going, Matt Damon. Like, <laughs> uh, but uh, he also sees visions of Rossera and Emery. 
And yep. and Judo has then his new type vision spirit quest ends and he goes, I understand. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so Judo tells Glemmy that he's fighting with everyone's will against the self-righteousness of an egotist. Um, bam. Got you, Glemmy. Um, Judo tells Glemmy that life comes from the earth and the zombie blood is just a part of humanity. And we have earth. We, we see earth when he says it. Yeah. He says that, that humanity needs a fresh start because of earth and colonies being in bad shape and pollution and, you know, dropping colonies left and right here, there and everywhere. And he's going to stop Glemmy. So the world has a chance to not suck anymore. And everybody in space hears judo talking. Like he just connects to everyone. And they all yeah, hear that was a little, that was a little wild. It was a little trippy. I wonder if it I wonder if it really was everybody or if it was just like the people that knew judo. Maybe like he was just talking to like the people he was linked to. I well, don't know. So uh, what, what I'm getting echo. Um what you have, you have you you are shown Torres, Eno, and Beecha on the nail argument. They hear judo talking about how the colonies are decrepit. And these guys are from space and decrepit colonies. And then you have him talking about people being in the way of humanity's future, like Glemmy, as it shows Bright. Not so much about Bright, but the fact that Bright's a Federation cruiser, I think. And we know Judo's not happy with the fact that they're only just now, like, flying over there. It must have been Delta. Anyway. And then he starts to talk about human possibility and that's where you see Lena and Sela and Lena is in particular is kind of like judo's hope of possibility. So I think that's why you have that overlaid there. My interpretation. Um, and he says it, he doesn't want all that crushed for some petty self-satisfaction and then pull to his head is just really, really hurting now. And, um, Glemmy repeats again, you just need to stop this enemy. And yeah, yeah. then pull jumps in. Well, not literally, because she's a ghost. Yeah, so Pull 2 is about to stop fighting. She's, you know, Judo's telling her the same thing for the 50th time. It's finally, like, gotten through to her, for the, finally. When Glemmy just grabs her by the hair and forces her back into Queen Mantha. Um, she pushes back and then starts going nuclear, uh, basically. Um, but in, in the... The process of this, this is where I was talking earlier. I think she's just acting as a battery for the suit. She powers the suit while Gim Glimmy actually pilots it and begins attacking the double Zeta. Um, and we get to see more of the double Zeta's wonderful beam coating uh, because it, you know, she get he gets wrecked and like with, a, with some big ass lasers and um, doesn't really damage him. Uh, but once Paul realizes what's happening, she powers down and stops the attack. Um, Judo grapples the Mantha and grabs Paul. After no, hey, he uses the missile pods again. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so Judo grapples the Mantha and, and pull uh, uh, and pulls ugh, grabs Paul and flies away, um, or starts flying away. Uh, to which. Rue gets a bead on the uh, uh, on the 
Queen Mantha and he's standing on like the cockpit again, like out in the open and Glimmy is yeah. Glimmy is to be be clear. So basically what happens here when double Zeta grapples, the queen Mantha, that's when pull two pushes Glimmy away and jumps in the hand of the double Zeta and they start to fly off. Now you have this scene of Glimmy trying to look heroic, basically making himself a target, uh, standing on the outside of this mobile suit. And this is when Rue is like, Gotcha. <laughs> Target practice. And yeah, so she fires on, on the Queen Mantha and makes a comment like, oh, I'll never forget that you loved me, Glimmy. Even though did I actually give a shit ever? It's her way of acknowledging you are not another faceless mob yeah. that I'm killing. You are someone that I actually met at some point and yeah. I'm killing you anyway. So, yeah. She blows up uh, Glimmy, and as the explosion's happening, Poole falls. Actually, she, it looked like she at one point kind of like ran towards the suit. She like, jumped, jumped out of yeah, the devil's out of his hand. Yeah. yeah. So she is falling towards the Queen Mantha as it is exploding, um, and she catches some of that explosion, but Judo kind of grabs her and... Um, Helps shield her from it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's as, as Glimmy is being nuked into oblivion, not nuked literally, but you know, Laser. shot by a beam rifle meant for mobile suits. Uh, he's looking. Yeah. He goes, you Rue, it was you who killed me. And then as he like fades away, he looks happy. He's like, Oh, well I guess at least it was her. She cared enough to kill me. Only end he got a her was the end of a rifle. um yeah so haman senses glimmy's death and uh learns from her uh infiltrating troops that the axis can't be stopped basically glimmy set axis on a path and disabled uh the rockets from being able to like counter fire destroyed its propulsion system um she tells she she tells uh judo to stay alive until they can fight each other. She, well, she doesn't tell him directly, but she says, Judo, stay alive. I want to fight you and kill you. Um, and then uh, Beecha, there's a little scene with Beecha where he decides he's going to save everybody um, until everybody in the, in the uh, crew is basically like, dude, you don't have any idea how big that exclo- explosion of those two things are going to be. Sit down and shut up and get us out of here. Um, so he orders the argument to to pull back, um, and at the time at that time, Axis basically cuts core three and a half. So you have the bottom of Axis um, basically cutting like three quarters of the way through the middle of core three, um, and Axis has got explosions going off everywhere on it. Um, it's not in a good spot, um, uh, but. We see the double Zeta flying out of Axis, and Judo has all of his bitches with him. Um, and the Mark II has finally bitten the dust. That suit that has been with us since like Zeta episode one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Had a had a good run. They don't they don't tend to get runs that long. But yeah, I mean, what is that about ninety five episodes? Yeah, did good. It's it, yeah, um, and the Zeta too is gone, but 
Yep. So uh, we see Pool 2, who is in bad shape inside the, the cockpit. And um, yeah, there's, he's heading back towards the Argama. And we have one episode left. Welcome to 0089. We have no more Lance or Rockon or Glemming. Or a lot of people on Musa and Axis. Musa seems generally okay. Uh, uh, man, I would wonder how much that blast that like threw it off of its its uh, angle. Generally, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Axis itself is. It, they actually do note in the episode. Uh, I think it's um, Torres notes that the force of the explosion actually pushes Axis away as it's like cutting into the colony. So when the they collide, but then the force of the explosion is enough to counter the momentum, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. yeah but it's core three. You can presume there maybe there were some nukes and things stored there. So, yeah. This this should have been like three episodes. I Yeah. Like it, the first episode should have been the, the initial Shara battle with like everybody and like they shouldn't have had the Lena and bright section. And then, yeah, the, the second half could have been very easily two more episodes. If this series were ever recut into movies, hopefully they would, it would be one. (laughs) I I think 45, 46, 47, the last three are, are, um, even just their normal runtime of an hour six is already, oh, it's almost a movie. You could, yeah. I think, double that runtime, cover the same plot, and still feel like you were rushing through some beats. There's just a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really good. This is probably, I mean, despite some of the problems we mentioned, like probably one of the better episodes. I mean, it, it keeps you drawn in the entire time. Yeah. It's real good. This is one of the best episodes of Gundam that we've covered so far. I mean, it's, there's a lot packed in it and should it be, should it not be? Yeah, I don't know, but because it's all here, it's yeah, really, really something. Yeah. All right. Well, it'd be good. It's a good. It's a good episode. We have good ass episode. One more episode of Double Zeta, and we're done. We're almost done. How many episodes are in Triple Zeta? <laughs> a lot. Okay. Really Zeta. We'll just call it Really Zeta. Is it? Do we have to watch all of Naruto ship it in before moving on to Triple Z? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it'll be before we finish that, before we get uh, to Triple Z. I mean, it, it, realistically, it's going to take me 15 years to get through Naruto. You know, you can you can say this for as complicated as Gundam is, at least having everything chopped up into little different series and, and AUs and things like it is, it's not quite as intimidating. If everything was just one series, I, I, I'm not going to try to do the math in my head, but we'd be 
in the six or seven hundreds of episodes if everything Gundam was just like episodes and it, it, it'd be hard. It, it would be hard to follow follow it up and I think it would have ended a long time ago. <laughs> yes. If it were up to Tomino, this would have ended a long time ago, but it's not up to him. Yeah. Yep. All right. You guys got anything else? Vibration? Vibrations. Ooh. I I guess the vibrations were from all the colony explosions. I don't know. Or maybe when Paul pulled up to Glimmy's like mission command. I don't know. Fuck it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again in two weeks. Follow us on Twitter at new type flashpod and wherever else we put the, the posts. Um, do, do people comment? I forget to look it every once in a while. Like I'd say about every other episode, we get a few comments. Okay. I, I do honestly forget to look. So if you have something to say, we have to do is listen to it like as soon as it goes up and listen immediately to the whole thing and then immediately comment. And if it's the same day, I might notice. And I'm sorry. No, in, in reality, I will I'll try to do better. I, I, I'll get the notification and I usually tell people whenever there's some some comment other than, hey, you guys are great. Yeah, you tell us when you're like, hey, go fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> some dude's like, oh boy. Scotty said this and Piss me off. Sorry. That's fair. Yeah. Sometimes I hear myself and go, damn, that guy sucks. So it's fair. (laughs) All right. See you guys again in two weeks for the end of Double Zeta. Bye.